You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Manchester United, arcade games, photo magical contest winners, and tech ninjas. All that more on Tech Fan Podcast 174. And it is tech fan number 174. I'm Tim Robertson and David Cohen is here. Hello, David. Hello. Good week for you. Not bad. Busy going on vacation tomorrow. So uh, I'm trying to get been trying to get stuff finished all week. Where are you going for your vacation? We're going on a cruise. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah. So we're going around the UK. Um, So it's like a day and a half cruise. No, no, it's a week. It's a bigger place, bigger than you think, you know. I know, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, I know. Um, so, yeah, so we're uh, doing that tomorrow. Awesome. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Speaking Should of fun, be. I had some fun this uh, last weekend. Tell me about it. Well, uh, I was on Facebook, and I belong to a lot of different groups on Facebook. Um, and one of them is about arcades. I've been wanting an arcade machine in my house for a long time. Specifically, I actually want three. I want a Miss Pac-Man with a speed-up chip in it, so it goes a lot faster. I want a Burger Time, and then I want a MAME cabinet. I don't know if we've... Uh, yeah, I think... We've talked think about we talk, MAME. Yeah, yeah, and we, we talked about... Yeah, we talked about this uh, briefly at the end of the last show. So, I, you know, I was... I've been interested in arcades for a while, and... I saw this listing for an arcade in Goebbels, Michigan, which is about 45 minutes away. And I communicated with the person and he said, it's very family friendly, blah, blah, blah. So I took my kids, uh, the two younger kids anyways, and me, my wife didn't want to go for obvious reasons. Uh, it's called classic arcade with a K because they're fancy schmancy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we went and spent, uh, Oh, four, four and a half hours there on Saturday of last weekend. And it was a great time. And I was telling the kids that this is, they finally get to experience what an arcade was like, what video games were like when I was younger, when I was their age, not so much when I was Cole's age, but when I was Brooke's age, uh, 11. And, uh, you know, all the video games are set to free play. It was Mm -hmm. bigger on the inside than you would think. And they, you know, they didn't have everything, but they probably had a good 50 to 60 arcades cabinets and probably mm-hmm. 20 to 30 maybe uh pinball machines they're all set to free play you go and you, you give them five bucks per person and it's you just play as long as you want till they close cool and it was a lot of fun i have to say uh, i haven't lost my touch with quite a few games either <laughs> yeah i, w- I would have had the you know because the machines are reset occasionally so the high score on the arcade doesn't necessarily mean that's the high score for the business so they have this little high score piece of paper taped on each machine what the all-time high score is and i was let me just say i could have got the high score on burger time but the joystick was janky it didn't always read going down Mm -hmm. and that's kind of frustrating but other than that it was a good time i noticed something about the kids though you know 
they didn't grow up like you and I did in the time of arcades where you'd have to drop a quarter to play. And whether the game was sucky or great, you're playing until that quarter runs out, right? Well, they would go up, hit player one, start playing. If they didn't like the game, they would just walk away. (laughs) You know, I'm like, wait, the game's not over yet. They're like, yeah. It's no fun. Yeah, you know what? Well, those kids, uh, modern kids' attention spans. Like, I, we were, we went on a trip um, Wednesday. It's my wife's birthday, and we, we had a trip organised. We had a fun day actually. We we went down to a um, an airfield that's been turned to a racing track, uh, and we were driven at very high speed over and again by experienced drivers around this course in like Porsche GC3s and wow. uh, Audi R8s and stuff like that. We were hitting 170, 180 miles an hour on the straights. I mean, it was really, really cool. And then my, at the end of the day, they, they also have um, old planes there. It's kind of like one of those plane graveyards. Right. So he got to sit in um, a RAF jet trainer and he was actually shown how to start the engines himself. And he kind of got in and started this thing up, throttled it right up. It was like something out of Top Gun. It was very cool. Um, <laughs> Um, but but on the way down there, the kids had their iPads, and I'd put a couple of movies on Alexander's iPad, and I noticed, and it was driving me crazy, that he would watch kind of 10, 15 minutes of the movie, and then he'd come out of it and do something else, like play a game or something, and then go back in. And I was going, why don't you just watch the movie? I went, oh, yeah, I know, I like to watch a little bit, and then i go and do something else. And it, and it is this kind of modern kid's attention span thing, you know. It's, well, it's a it device. You've got to concentrate, yeah. It's hard to ignore the device you're holding can do all these cool things and as you're watching the movie you start thinking about this other cool game and it's just a push of a button and then click the screen and you're playing that game immediately so there is something to be said for that immediate gratification that you know in some regards we didn't have as kids Uh, i remember when cds came out you probably remember this too we grew up in albums and tapes and then we experienced cds coming out for the first time when we were in our early teens, right? Yeah. Do you remember how awesome it was to be able to go to exactly the right song you wanted? Yeah. Or stick it on repeat and it would just play over and over again. Over and over. Whereas before you had to kind of rewind the tape and then... Oh, yeah, and you'd have to might, stop and listen. Nope, not the beginning yeah. yet. And back up some more. Um, I mean, in some respects, you know, albums had that instant start. But you had to have a really good keen eye and drop it right into the right groove. But with a CD, I mean, it was just, you can go right to track 12 and listen to track 12 a thousand times in a row if you wanted to. And of course, now with modern players, you don't even need the rest of the tracks. You don't need the filler tracks. You no. just have the ones you like. You have the one you like. <laughs> in, in a playlist of songs that sound better with it, according to yeah. you. That's right. And there's so, no such thing as a mixtape anymore. No, I, I, you know, and I miss mixtape. There was an art to the mixtape, David, that... I had mastered. I was really good at mixtapes. I called mine Bob's. A bunch of bull something. And uh, I gave Bob's to everybody, my mixtapes. And they were universally loved because I always had a good selection of music. But I I just, you know, this is a dance one. This is kind of slow song. This is rock one. This is whatever it is. I was really good at putting those together. And I loved it. And it's just an art form, if you want to call it an art form, that's long since passed away into oblivion. Because well, I, with playlists, I would, it's not the same thing. I would imagine a lot of people perhaps sit and craft their own particular playlist for particular activities, you know. Um, but it's not the same as sharing them with somebody else. No. And you, can't, you can share a playlist, but unless they have all the songs that are on the playlist, right. it doesn't work. No. You know? But, it's, but it, there's something between... 
I even had a little mix board, David, a little uh, a fader, if you will. Oh, so right. I so could you're actually a professional. Well, yeah, oh yeah, I was a professional man. <laughs> but you know, I put effort into it. I put. I remember uh, putting different sounds in the background of a Pink Floyd "The Wall" song. Mm-hmm. Uh, some jet engines, and it worked. It was better than the original, in my opinion. And my friends were all blown away by it. And but I don't know. I I just think that that sort of thing is kind of gone now. I mean, it's been replaced with other things, and I'm not saying that it was better when we were younger. It was just different. But here's here's my worry is because there's so much choice, and that thing with my son is kind of an example of it. It's just no people seem to need to have to really concentrate to actually stick with one thing. And you know they're kind of like gadflies; they're just hopping from this thing to that thing to the other thing, and not never sticking with one thing for very long, and it all becomes very immediate. Well, I saw you, that at the arcade. Need, yeah, sometimes you need to put the effort in and kind of go through a little bit of pain, perhaps a bit of a learning curve, before you find out the beauty of something you're doing. And I worry today that that perhaps a lot of kids never learn how to do that because they're constantly hopping from one activity to another. Well, I don't know. Brittany, um, our 19-year-old, 20 now, is she had problems in school. Um, not grades, just interest level in a lot of things. But mm-hmm. one of the interests that she seemed to have a lot of passion for was band. Mm-hmm. And since graduation, and even during high school, she would do stuff like buy a ukulele, which she didn't know how to play. And within weeks, she's playing songs on it. Mm. And, you know, it's not like she picked it up and immediately started figuring out, you know, immediately start playing songs. She had to learn how to use it. Yeah. And she comes from that generation of shortest attention span. So I think when they get passionate about something, when they find something that they really like, that's where the concentration will come in. That's where the discipline will happen. Whereas we had to have that concentration and discipline for things that we weren't interested in because we didn't have any choice. There was, yeah, there was three things on television and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saturday mornings, that's when we got to watch cartoons. We didn't have a whole two or three networks devoted to cartoons or streaming from iTunes or Netflix or, you know, it was a certain time during the week and that was it. If you missed yeah. the show, if you missed He-Man on Saturday morning, you're not going to get to see that He-Man because it's over and done with. I know this is this is kind of a weird thing. I, you know, my, my son said to me the other day, "There's a TV show that started last Saturday here that he wants to." He said, "Oh, make sure you record the episode next week." And it was kind of like, "Well, we don't really need to." Right. Yeah, you know, I don't need to even spend the two minutes to sit down and set set the digital recorder for it because I can just stream it off the BBC anytime I want. Yeah. No. In fact, one one day while we're away, because we, we're, we're the cruise we're doing is around the UK, we'll probably be near Wi-Fi. He can probably sit down with his iPad and watch it there and then, whenever he wants to. It's a different world, that's for sure. And it uh, is, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's different. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> so last week and the week before, David, we were having a uh, contest, a giveaway for yeah. Photo Magico, and we were giving one copy of the program away here on the on the TechFab podcast. Guy and Gaz were given a copy away on the MyMac podcast. And all the contest entries actually came to me, so I got to see you know how many came in. Quite a few. 
I was happy to see that people were excited about this program, and I'm happy even more so to uh, say we've picked a winner. Go ahead, David. Cool. So our winner for Photo Magico is Brendan Rowland. So congratulations, Brendan. And um, I'm just trying to figure out how to get from Google Drive to Google Mail so I can actually read what he said on the exchange you had. Because you, you told me, you put in the show notes, Let's hear who it was, and I immediately said, "Oh well, have you, have you interacted with this guy? Do you uh, on?" Now you see, this is the joy of Google. It's now find out Google Plus because, of course, it wants me to look at that rather than Google Mail. Well, are you using Safari or are you using Chrome? I'm using Internet Explorer, I'm afraid. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, what could possibly you know, go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Um, if I was on the machine with my email, I could have read it, but I'm not. It's fine. I have it here. It's uh, You said, congrats, Brendan. You are the winner of this giveaway. The fine folks at Boinks were emailing you a code to download the software. Thanks for listening to Tech Fan Energy in the contest. And Brendan came back to us. Splendid. What a lovely surprise. I do enjoy your podcast, except when you talk about games. I've never played a computer game in my life. That's been unfortunate. We've just spent 10 minutes talking yep. about video games. Well, not really. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> He says, I especially like the mix of U.S. brick commenters, which gives a good range of perspectives and avoids narrow focus. Many thanks, and I look forward to receiving the prize. Well, you are most welcome, Brendan. And, and um, uh, I, I sent his yeah. uh, code over to him just hours after that. Boinks actually sent me the codes, and I gave one to uh, to Guy to let their winner know. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I went and looked afterwards. Uh, the person, Dorothy Yamamoto, I believe was the last yeah. name. That one for the MyMac show, she actually entered it twice, once for Tech Fan and once for MyMac. <laughs> but here's the thing. When I looked at the date code, an episode of MyMac hadn't come out yet. Mm. So she knew that they were going to give she away. Gained that system. Because she, Dorothy listened to it here on Tech Fan. Uh. So she entered smartly, it turns out, because she actually won the MyMac one. Before they even announce the contest on that show. So there you go, kids. You've got to think outside the box if you want to get the, the system. Dorothy is a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was smart. She won. What can you say? Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to our winner here on Tech Fan, uh, Brendan. Brendan, if you want to get into video games, <laughs> uh, just a little teaser. If you go up to the Tech Fan website, right underneath the posting for this show, this is going to be uh, episode 174. So between 174 and 173, I actually posted. It's in Flash, so you can't do it on an iOS device. Um, Burger Time. You can play it right on the website. Cool. I did that for my own purposes, by the way, but um, I found it online. It's a somewhat faithful recreation of the arcade game. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not perfect. And the... The bad guys are a little dumber in this version, but the, the the layout is exactly the same. And I wanted to practice before I went to the arcade just to make sure I was still sharp. Um, if that's for me, I'm not here, by the way. <laughs> and uh, and instead of going to this one website where they had a whole bunch of advertisement and stuff going, they had it a little embed code, so I just embedded it at TechFan, so I just went there to play it. <laughs> Why not, right? If you can't play it on your own website, what can you do? Well, that's right. Um, it's amazing that these arcades that we played way back in the day are so small that you can embed them on a web page and it ta- it's it's less space than an actual graphic. <laughs> that's oh yeah, I mean 
the 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 code for those games is by modern standards is tiny. Yes. You know, you could probably fit them on a probably probably even now you could probably fit them on a floppy disk. A lot of those games, they really were uh, small. They actually they were. I actually talk about that on the last edition uh, I just recorded this week of OWC Radio, and I actually talk about the fact that you could pretty much take every arcade game ever made up to the mid '90s, and you could take the code from those games and put them all on your iPhone, every single one. And you would probably not even, it wouldn't take a whole lot of space because no. each game was like 100K. <laughs> I mean, this is nothing. Yeah. Um, we do have some listener feedback about the last show, though, David. Do we? Yeah. It was uh, posted at Facebook. Uh, and that's because wow. I actually went and created a Facebook page for Tech Fan. I know Facebook is your favorite. <laughs> Well, you're talking about things that I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you did you did very helpfully embed the uh, Facebook post here in our show notes, so I can read it. You can read it. Uh, and we'll, <laughs> so this is. Go ahead. I was. Uh, do you want me to read it now? Or you well, I was just going to say, you know, we first? we do have a tech fan podcast page on Facebook. It's simply facebook.com slash techfanpodcast. We've already got 83 likes, and it's not even a week old. So if, uh, and I haven't, you you would think, David, that I would have posted something on TechFan to, to push it over there, but, um, oh, actually, I did. I forgot. See, I. Oh, well, you yeah, posted it on Google, you posted, posted on Google Show Notes, so that means everybody knows about it now. Well, I also put it up on our techfanpodcast.com website. It's the first thing on the right hand yeah. side. It's like tech, TechFan Podcast on, uh, <clears throat> on Facebook, so it's there. Okay, so, so, in in my spirit of uh, stop grousing about social uh, media, how about this? I will set myself up a new Facebook account so that I can use the Tech Fan Facebook page, and I'll make that? you an, an admin on there so you can post stuff to it as well. Cool. Okay, um, and hopefully we can kind of start steering people that way as well to have discussions and stuff like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Eddie McGee, longtime listener of Tech Fan, I think he was one of the first ones that jumped onto the new show when we released it because he used to listen to us over on the MyMac show as well. Um, posted a uh, a comment. Go for it. He did. He said, "I disagree with you and David." That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. I believe they will have two versions of the new iPhone, just like the iPad Mini and the iPad Air. Time will tell. Smiley face. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, I, I mean, yeah, may, maybe. I mean, if they I, do, the, and it and it is the four point was a four point seven, right? Yeah, four point we seven and five point five. Yeah, that would mean. I, see, I just can't see them doing it. I really can't, because ostensibly it wouldn't be two; it would be three, because you know they're not going to get rid of the current form factor. They're either going to leave the the four or the five S or the five C. One of those will stay where they are. Well, here's the thing. So, uh, I mean, we we are kind of predicating this on what they've done before, and what they've always done before is kept an old model around, uh, effectively as the entry level iPhone. Correct. So, so perhaps one they found a way to make <clears throat> one of these phones so cheap they don't need to do that anymore, and they might keep the five or the five S. 
um, or the five C even uh, for developing markets, but actually in in more developed markets like the US, the UK, and etc., they may just have to, and maybe the the smaller one will be the cheap one. I guess time will tell. I, I'm looking forward to it. I've said it before. I think they're only going to come out with a 4.7 uh, this time around. I think it will have the sapphire glass. It will. <clears throat> it's going to be great. We know that. But I really want a 5.5. I really do. I know that's too big for some people, but that's what I want. My eyesight is not what it was. I think I can get more done on a 5.5-inch screen than I can on the current 4-inch screen. I really do. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I I'm a bit it. more skeptical about that. I, I also wonder if Apple is can. Well, I, I know in the past they've said they're, they're going to can, cannibalize anybody. They're happy to cannibalize themselves. But a five point five inch iPhone, you know, people are going to have, have a tough call between choosing between that and an iPad Mini. So, no, I still think that those are two just to, two totally different things. I, I don't think people lump in a phone and a an iPad anywhere in the same category. Yes, they run the same software. Uh, they're in the same family. They're brother and sister, if anything. But this is a phone. This is something different. It's, I need to get a new phone. Oh, look, here's a 5.5. Well, instead of that, I'll just keep my old phone and get an iPad mini. That's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen that people are going to look for an iPad mini and see the 5.5-inch iPhone and go, ah, you know what, I'll just get this instead. I don't think that's no, going to happen. Here's the thing. Maybe... Maybe actually we're conflating the two different lines here, and the 4.7 inches is the new iPhone 6, and the 5.5 inch is the new iPod, iPad Nano. No, I think it's and just it's- too small for an iPad. I don't think they're going to come out with a, a, an iPad that close to the size of an iPhone. I think that leads to confusion. <laughs> but you've just said they wouldn't have an i. They wouldn't the i 5.5 inch. No, I, I said it wouldn't confuse the iPad Mini. No, not for buyers. <laughs> Uh, I think it leads to confusion for Apple. I think it's it's too close to the other product line. The iPad is for larger screen iOS stuff, and I don't think 5.5 is big enough for a dedicated pad type of device. That's still in this, the cell phone category. They don't want to confuse those two, and that would. Yeah, that would well, be blurring the line. But, but I, the only thing that kind of... I, I, I very much agree with much of the logic of what you're saying. The only thing that I've got in the back of my head is that at what Apple's very good at doing historically is confounding what people said and actually saying, you know, the things that people thought they couldn't possibly do because that wouldn't work is exactly what they do, and it does work. Remember That's when the true. iPad came out? Absolutely. and went, Well, it's just a big iPod Touch. What's the point of that? Nobody is ever going to buy that. What a dud. <laughs> it turned out to be the gangbusters thing. Well, that was only so. because people hadn't touched it yet either. I mean, to be fair. Well, yeah, but so, so here's the thing. So maybe if it is a 5.5-inch iPad, um, maybe there's a way to make that work that you, have, you can't visualize because you haven't touched it yet. I, I don't deny that a bit. I wouldn't be interested in buying one because with the iPad, I don't even have an iPad mini. I've got the full-size iPad. That's what I want with an iPad because of yeah. what I do with it. I couldn't do what I do with my iPad on an iPad mini as comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, for the smaller screen, the iPhone, I want it to be bigger. I just do. Well, you just want the moon on the stick, don't you? I, well, <laughs> there's no reason not to have both. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I can switch over to Samsung right now and get the and get both. 
I can get a large uh, a phone that's five and a half inches, and I can get a large tablet, you know, that's 10 inches, 11 yeah, inches. Yeah, but you know what? That's kind of saying I could have a Cadillac or I could buy myself two Chevrolets. Well, a lot more people will buy the Chevrolets, <laughs> at least traditionally. Yeah. Um, but Apple has kind of turned that on its head. People are still buying the Cadillacs. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, though. Like we said last week, the, the the iPad sales are flat right now. And people are wondering, ooh, is the iPad, well, was it just a fad? You know and I kind of I kind of want to push back on this because the iPad sales aren't flat. They just haven't grown as much is, as, right. Yeah, they are not flat. And and when people say that, they they say, oh, yeah, yeah iPad's dead. It's it's had it. It's the netbook of today. And it's just like, no, just because they, they sold maybe a million yes than less than they would have liked in a single quarter, that does not mean the thing is dead. Right. Uh, I just think they haven't innovated I, on the iPad long, uh, well, in a while. Maybe, like, but you know what? I wouldn't wouldn't be remotely surprised to find that actually a couple of quarters of slower growth in iPad sales is a combination of a little bit of saturation together with the fact that, that people know a new one's coming and so they're holding back. Yeah, I think that's you know. probably exactly right. I think they saturated the market. I think everybody who won an iPad has an iPad now. And I'd, why no, buy I'd, a new one if the new one, if the old no. one's working great? I'll tell you, I, I don't buy that argument as well because I, I tell you, there's a lot of people out there who want iPads who don't have one. And you know who those people are? Those are people who bought other tablets. Or there are plenty of people. people who bought other. <laughs> poor people. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to say that. No, that that's, that's silly. There's a lot of poor people that silly. want an iPad, David, and they just don't because, have one. Because there are, there are ways. <laughs> even if you buy secondhand, there are ways of getting an iPad if you want one, even if you don't want to spend a lot of money. But I think a lot of people have gotten it's into tablets. shoplifting, David. <laughs> don't make me come over there. <laughs> sort you out. So, so the poor people who don't have an iPad, they're just lazy. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people have, unfortunately, <laughs> a poor buying decision and lesser tablets. And like the tablets, but I think a lot of people who have them aspire to have iPads. Well, I, I think, think very so too. People, and and yeah, I don't I, think it's just a. I think it initially it was a. Well, why would I get the iPad? I can get this one over here, and it's so much cheaper. And they went with a cheaper one, and then afterwards they went, oh yeah. I mean, so I, I can I know three people alone that bought the Kindle Fire, and almost immediately regretted it, and were trying yeah. to sell it on Facebook, so they can get an iPad. Yeah, and I, I think even if people who don't regret it straight away, I suspect there's plenty of people who have a, a good, an Android tablet or a Kindle Fire tablet for a, few, for a couple of years, and then when they come to trade on, they then will think to themselves, well, I'm not going to buy another one of those. I'm, now this time I'm going to get the iPad. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to save up, whatever. And I think yep. that's a huge latent iPad market that Apple hasn't really tapped because those people haven't hit that upgrade cycle yet. Well, um, go like, and do a Google search for... Nexus 7 slowdown first generation. Yeah, no, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I've got one and they absolutely start slowing down. Why is that? Well, it's probably because they use cheap flash memory in it. Yeah. And yeah. I've reset the thing. I've upgraded it to the latest and greatest version of uh of Android and it's still not as peppy as it was when it was brand new. Now take my iPads as a comparison. Now, when I use my wife's first generation iPad, it seems slow and pokey to me. Be that's only because I've been using my iPad 3. But if yeah. you compare it to when it was brand new, 
it's not any slower. No. No, so, not a... Sometimes you, you get run, what you pay for. can't run iOS 7 on the uh, original iPad, can you? I think, no. I think it's stuck at 6. Um, but uh, interesting point, that. Um, and that brings me to something in our notes here. I bought two iPod Touches this week. Why, why would you do that? I, why would I do that? So... Um, my wife has been saying to me that we should give our, our youngest daughter uh, an, an iPod for her to listen to music. She's really into music. She really likes her music. She's only uh, only five, but she really likes her music. And so uh, I said, oh, I've got an iPod Nano that I use at work. Like, I tend to, you know, when normally when I work, you know, I don't want to be disturbed by people around me. We're in an open plan office, so it happens a lot. I stick the headphones on, and it kind of is a signal to people to leave me alone. Yep. So uh, I, I thought, stuff. well, like, you know, okay, I can give her that. But then what am I going to listen to? Well, I don't listen to music on my iPhone because it, it's a 16 gig and I never have any space and I I find iTunes match and streaming off the internet incredibly unsatisfying Um, I'm going to dump my iTunes match account next time it comes up for renewal I'm really not it it really just doesn't work for me so I I always get out of iTunes match well basically you upload it keeps a copy of all your tracks in the cloud and then it can stream them to your phone uh, to your device if you're online so the idea is you get access to your entire iTunes library. Yeah, it doesn't um, work well. Well, it, it it's just it's a delay, you know. And I, I I'm I'm going back to what I was saying about mixtapes. I'm kind of old school. I like to say, well, I'm going to have this album, this album, this album, and know I've got them right there. I can flip between them and choose between them. Yep. Uh, and so I want a, an iPod with the music on. So I started looking around about what to do, and I I've got my old iPod Mini that I upgraded with a compact flash drive, and that's pretty good as well. But the battery life in that isn't great. Um, so I thought to myself, well, I wonder what I wonder what an old iPod Touch is like. And I, I picked up a first gen and a second gen. The first gen sixteen gig, the second gen's eight, and I paid the equivalent. I paid twenty pounds, about twenty five, thirty dollars for each one. That's yeah, not bad. and the well, yeah. And the thing is, is that even even just a stock. I mean, the 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 original iPod Touch runs i um, iOS three point three. Uh, three three point one point three, and then the the second gen runs four point two. So even just stock like that, this you know they those were cutting edge devices back in the day, you know, and they and because they're Apple designed, Apple built, they last well, they they're fairly tough, you know, they they uh, you, you see them around with cracked screens or anything, but if we get a good one, it normally will work pretty good, and they both of these do. Um, but they don't look as nice, obviously, as the latest ones, sure. and they don't have some of the features you come to rely on. And I found, um, I you know, I found they were great for music and video. Absolutely brilliant, uh, no problem. Apps, well, apps is a bit difficult. Uh, Apple will let you if you go to the i, I uh, the App Store. Now they will since I, iOS seven came out. If you if you go with an older device, it will say, and you try and download an app, it will say, well. Um, the current version doesn't work on your device, but we have the older version that works on your device. Do you want to download that? Which is really uh, a brilliant move on their part. It's a brilliant move, but I found that maybe it's to do with the extreme age of the devices I have. I found that to be variable. There's two problems with it. First of all, you don't know whether the app you're trying to download ever supported your device or right. not. There's nothing that tells you nope. except the pop-up you get when you try and download it. So it's you're really kind of feeling around in the dark. Um, so so there's that. And then the second thing is, even for apps that I thought did support some of these devices, I found that it would try and download it, and then it would fail to install for some reason. Maybe there's something with the device I've got. Maybe it doesn't have enough space. I, I don't know. But it, it's kind of... 
it's a little bit hit and miss, really. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of gave up on that fairly quickly. The other problem as well is that what some developers have done is that they've kind of, when they've gone to a new version, they've released a new version of the app in the App Store and withdrawn the old one. So actually, it, Apple doesn't even have, say, Goodreader as an example. When they went to Goodreader 4, um, they uh, released that as a brand new app on the App Store. There's still the old version was available, and then they pulled the old version. So you can't even get that now, even though Apple would download it to me if it was available because the developers pulled the original. You can't do that. So really, apps is not what you want these things for. But if you want a cheap, very, very good... I mean, they famously said when they launched the iPhone that it was the best iPod they'd ever made. And you know what it is? <laughs> I mean, it is night and day compared to an old ClickWheel-style oh, iPod. It's, it, no, so. I've got a uh, fifth-generation original iPod, and I put a... 250 gigabyte hard drive in it i think and it and it it's the only portable device that has everything on it when it comes to my media not movies obviously but it has all the podcasts that's in my library it has every single song in my library and of course i know how to use it because you know it came out when (laughs) you know we still remember the ipod being a new thing but uh, my we got my son a ClickWheel iPod a while back, and he's really into listening to music now on it. But for the first week or so, he just could not wrap his head around how he got through songs, how you scroll down, how you turned it up. All of that was just, it, he was befuddled by it because, you know, for us, going to a touchscreen was a natural progression. But he went from where he started a touchscreen and trying to go back and it just, it took him a while. He oh, got it. The, yeah, the click click wheel interface is kind of like nested folders, isn't it? You're moving it from level to level to level. And the problem with that is to move back up. You have to go up, 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 up mm-hmm. again. It's, it's, it's slow. It's slow and clunky when you're used to the to touchscreen. Um, so I can understand why I'd have difficulty with that. So here's my recommendation. If you want a cheap iPod, and particularly for a kid, because let's face it, you don't want to drop uh, 100 Twenty hundred thirty dollars on a on a new even an, a new nano or something like that, and then the kid loses it or puts it in the wash or you know stolen or something like that. If you drop thirty dollars on an old iPod Touch, they're really going to be pleased with that. And, oh, absolutely. Um, no, <coughs> and there will uh, be some apps you can run on it, but you got to be patient yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well, though, is I found that there's um there's something called White Door, and White Door is basically uh, these guys who've taken ios 3 and reskinned it and added new functionality to it so it kind of looks and works like ios 7 really and this this runs on the original ipod touch it's oh. absolutely amazing <laughs> it's got the same fonts it supports wallpapers behind the icons it's got control center it's got an app switcher that works like the ios 7 one so you got to kind it of does... jailbreak your your touch to do it though yeah basically they have instructions to do it and it's 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 really easy you just basically Put the uh, put the touch into a special recovery mode by pressing a couple of buttons on it, and then use iTunes to restore this custom ROM to to the iPod Touch. <laughs> and there you go; it's a ten minute ten minute job. Um, they even have, uh, and it is jailbroken, so they even have like a custom app store where they have hacked versions of old three point one point three versions of apps, so that you can get stuff from there. Though again, I found that to be a little bit janky. But if you want something that kind of looks more modern than the original 
um, iPod interface. Um, this is free, and it's it's a great way to go. And yeah, you get uh, and just having the control sensor. You just flick up from the bottom and and access your music and stuff from that. Um, is a big improvement on the original iPod interface. Oh, big time! Yeah, once you got used to that flicking up thing, it's ugh. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to find this software, all you have to do is go to techfanpodcast.com and look for show one seventy four. We'll have links right to it. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with a few more topics and wrap up the show. Stay tuned. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, news stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast uh, thanks very much for uh, downloading this episode. We really do appreciate it. We'd really love to have feedback from you guys to share here on the show. Um, David, what's the easiest way to get a hold of us to send in some feedback? Uh, that would be to, uh, well, I, I would say use the form on the website, techfanpodcast.com. Yep. Or alternatively, you can email us, which is tim at techfanpodcast.com or david at techfanpodcast.com. You or know, you could go to our new Facebook page. Yeah, new Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash techfanpodcast. So many go. ways of getting a hold of us, and they're all appreciated. We'd really love it if we did get feedback. And you know, by the way, the next time you're sitting in front of your Mac, fire up iTunes. Go to our listing in the iTunes store. Just look for TechFan uh, in iTunes. Our show will pop up. Leave us a review there. That really does help. The more reviews we get, the higher we go in the rankings. We don't really push that a lot, so we don't usually hit those top 50 lists, David. Um, I'd like to, but we just don't put the effort into trying to get uh, the people that actually listen to the show to, to help us out by going to that and, and doing the review. So mm. occasionally we have to remember to do that. <laughs> uh, we, we've got a couple more things to talk about before uh, David has to run out of here quickly because he's got to get ready for his vacation. Whatever happened with Etherpad, we were talking about that last week as a possible replacement for our abandoned iCloud. And obviously last week yeah. we used the Google Doc and you weren't real um, happy about that. We're still using the Google Docs. So I had to. I, look, I I am admitting defeat at this point. I've. Um, you have to. I don't want to be one of those kind of uh, uh, sandal wearing bearded people who goes, oh, you know, you've got to do it open source because that's the only proper way of doing it. And everything else is intellectual theft and corporate responsibility and globalization and you know, there's all of that sort of stuff. I don't want to be kind of political about this you know i said last week i have misgivings about google and what they do with their platform sure. which they quite legitimately do Absolutely. Um, but I, I tried etherpad the problem with etherpad uh is that uh, the version i was looking at is a fork of the original code and it's called etherpad light and basically it does text but it doesn't really do anything else 
Um, so, for instance, you created the show note in the Google Docs with uh, an image of the Facebook post that we we talked about before. I couldn't embed that in the Etherpad note. So that um, at that point, I immediately thought this isn't going to do it because we need to be able to put media in here. We can't sure. just have text and stuff like and even stuff like you put a link in uh, a link in there it wouldn't identify as a link so you couldn't click on it um so you know it just kind of really didn't feel like that was going to do the job for us so i at that point i just went you know we should just stick with google docs but i was struck by how similar etherpad looks to google docs and it turns out that google docs is etherpad uh-huh <laughs> abjet the original developer of etherpad was a acquired- by Google, and so the technology we're using is basically exactly the same as as the Etherpad stuff, only developed obviously by Google and built on their platform, which is why it works the same way. But it, this is very much the the better way of doing it. So I I think I just need to kind of lump it and, uh, and yeah, use, we're going to stick with best, Google Docs for now. Use the best tool for the job. If, if you know, if I find something that, that's really good that that and really look, does I, make with it, but yeah, I'm I don't I don't really care who makes it as long as it's the best tool for what we're trying to do. And yeah, you know, I don't have as much philosophical problems with Google most of the time uh, that you do, but they do things I don't really enjoy. But <sighs> Apple does a lot of things I don't really like either. Uh, <laughs> we just talked about the whole Amazon and Hatchet thing, and but yet I still use Amazon, but I don't always like what they're doing. Um, you know what? I, I found myself musing on that. You, did you hear about uh, what they, they, they've started doing it with Disney, Disney. DVDs? Yep, I did. So um, I, I, I'm kind of wondering how far can Amazon go before two, one of two things happens? First of all, the first thing is their loyal customers like you and me actually get so annoyed by their business practices that they actually start looking somewhere else and stop using them. Uh, and secondly, I, I think Amazon is starting to behave uh, kind of like an anti-competitive monopoly. Yeah, and I know think? they would. I know they would say, "Oh, we're not a monopoly because you know there are other booksellers and and also." They, I would say they are pretty much the default web retailer, uh, which kind of makes them a monopoly. And I don't know <laughs> if popularity equates to being a monopoly or not, but they're behaving well, as one, and their clout in the industry is undeniable. The problem is. If you look, kind of look how mono- the monopoly law works, you can behave like a monopoly as long as you aren't one. Yep. That is the key thing. So, uh, for instance, if you look at uh, Apple versus Android, because um, iOS does not have 100% market share, Apple can do things that, that if they had 100% market share would be viewed to be anti-competitive. Yep. But as long as you're not, as long as you don't have a hundred percent market share, you can you can do those things. It's only anti-competitive if you're also the monopoly, mm-hmm. because effectively what you're doing is you're defending your monopolistic position. Now, I would suggest that the Department of Justice or maybe the uh, European Union, who European Union tends to be a bit quicker nowadays on these sorts of things than perhaps the DOJ does, could look at Amazon and say, well, actually, they are kind of the web retailing monopoly. They are the largest by far dominant web retailer and they sell everything so they are you know they're not yes they're not a monopoly bookseller but they are monopoly in terms of going to as a web retailing they're kind of like a supermarket for web retail and if they then views a monopoly then the things they're doing are absolutely anti-competitive and illegal I so agree. I think they really yeah. they really gotta kind of watch it because um this stuff is starting to get pressed now they're getting very uh, arrogant there uh, well, I think all companies kind of push the boundaries of what they think they can get away with. Um, oh, big companies. 
We'll be I mean, you know, Com- Comcast is taking a beating in PR right now because of um, stories that have been coming out trying to yeah. charge people after they said they wouldn't. One guy, I just read a story, and it was he had the the recordings to back it up. The first person told him no, he wouldn't be charged for this certain thing, um, yeah. and then they charged him for it. And he called, and they said, "No, we can't do this. Sorry, you're out of luck." And he's he played the recording for them, so they reversed the charges. But and they told him, and he even has a recording of them telling him. The you know, only what? reason we're reversing this is because you have it on tape. Yeah, it, and and not only that, I, I think even small companies do that. I, I'm dealing with a company at the moment called Team Drive who do um, document sharing. I signed up for them when I was doing the work in Hong Kong because we needed a collaboration system for sharing documents between us that was secure. Now, I, I used it for a bit. I found it didn't really do what I wanted, so I stopped using it. But I'd signed up for a year. Company, I paid paid the using the company card, so we'd signed up for a year. So I got a, an email this morning saying they've just tried to renew it. Now, as it happens, the credit card that I used has now expired, so they couldn't automatically renew. So I dropped them an email and said, oh, yeah, we, we don't use this anymore, so can you just cancel the renewal, please? We don't want to take it forward. I got an email back from them saying, oh, sorry, you need to give us four weeks' notice before the renewal if you want us to do that. Otherwise, you know, once the contract's been renewed, that's it. You're stuck for another year. <laughs> <laughs> now, this company's based in Germany, and I'm in the UK, so we're both EU citizens. So I replied back and I said, A, first of all, you never emailed me to say that that was, that was the deal. There's nothing in terms of conditions that says that's about the deal. There's very little on their website about their terms and conditions. I said, secondly, uh, we're all in the EU here, and uh, EU consumer law says that any, any contract, you've got a seven-day cooling-off period. You have a right to, to change your mind within seven days. Uh, and I said, you only tried to renew it this morning. So I'm also waiting to hear back on that. But this is a small company. Who basically are just trying to say, oh, no, you paid it, you bought it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, no. That's what consumer law is there for. Well, but I would say your blanket statement of all, even small companies, all of them try to do that. I I don't know. There's a lot of really good companies that there is. don't yeah. do stuff like that, that do have ethics. And I think those are the companies that usually rise to the top or, or remain very profitable or have a very loyal customer base. And, yeah. uh you know, it shows. And I think good companies recognize that and they follow not just the law, but ethics and ethics and the law don't always, they're not always married. You know what I mean? No. No. So do you got time or do you got to run? No, I'm okay for about five, 10 minutes. Okay. Well, let's get to this last story that you got posted here. Um, I was peripherally aware of the Manchester thing, but I wasn't on the other. And I find this very interesting. Yeah, so this has been all over the news here in the UK today. Um, and then I sort of spotted the Manchester United thing a couple of days ago. So there's two stories here. The first is that Manchester United, whose ground I can see from the office window right here, so probably one of the biggest football clubs in the world, certainly one of the most well-known, has just announced recently that they are banning supporters from bringing tablets or laptops into the ground for games. So um, I don't understand that. Well, the reasons they kind of gave for that, there was speculation. Apparently last season there was some complaints by some people because, you know, those guys who like to film stuff on their iPads. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if you're in a tiered group of people watching a football match, having some guy stick a eight inch tablet uh, up over his head to film the game is kind of rude to the people sat behind them. Sure. So um, there were some complaints about people doing that, but that was not the reason that Manchester United claimed that they were doing this. Let me guess, terrorism. They, exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it was just like, really? Really, that's I, it? I've never... I've never got so they So they looked at the TSA and they went, you know what? This is a good idea. We could just get away with bullshit by saying security, safety, and people will just sheepishly go along. Pretty much exactly what they did. They said that they had um, credible credible security concerns that, of course, they weren't at liberty to talk about. um, Well, David, I I have to be honest with you here. Um, I was briefed on this. I didn't want to tell you about it. I, I, I will... Look, anybody listening to this podcast, don't spread this around, okay? I'm not supposed to say anything, but David's understandably upset about this, so I'm going to give you guys the inside scoop. Okay. There are tech ninjas that have (laughs) taken tablets and sharpened the edges to a razor-sharp edge. It's, It's unbelievable. Yeah. And when they're thrown, the glass actually deploys... And you can't see it by just physically looking at it. It it separates, and the glass itself, David, becomes throwing stars. Right. Okay? So it's a bit like it's a bit like the glaive in Krull, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> kind of and you can along. and you could take out a good four or five people per tablet. Ah, uh, well, there you go. And there so this is, I mean, this is a legitimate concern of theirs, David. Let's you know, again, shh, keeps us under. We, I, the guild promised. I had to promise the guild not to say anything publicly, but yeah, I think that pretty much sums up your view of the reality of using uh, a tablet as any form of terrorist <laughs> weapon. Um, I, I c- clearly the idea is is that somebody could build a bomb out of it, but please, I mean, I would say if somebody has the technical chops to build a bomb out of an iPad, well, that, they sh- they're in the wrong job certainly because they could make Iron uh, Man. They could, yeah, his name's exactly. Tony Stark. Yeah, because how can you build anything remotely? Even if you have access to military explosives, how can you turn that to something that's really well, dangerous in in an iPad? It, it, and the really? fact is that they're saying, "Oh, you can still bring in your phones. It just can't be a, a you know too big," which well, tells me that this is a BS reason. Oh, really? So like ten guys couldn't all get together, and each of the ten had a piece of a component of a bomb in their phone that they sit there in the stands and put together, and boom, they. No, that couldn't happen. Only tablets. Oh, it's I'm ridiculous. Sorry. You know, to talk terrorism for a minute, I mean, if you want to cause a fuss in the middle of a large crowd, there are easier ways of doing it than trying to trying to do something kink, kinky with a tablet. Sure. Yeah, you can, I mean, dump a chemical on the ground and gas a few people. You can set fire to the place. You could, there are hundreds of things you can do in the middle of a crowd of people that's going to cause a panic yep. more than trying to blow up an iPad. All right. So, it doesn't make any sense at all from that reason. But then you hear about this other story, and then all of a sudden you kind of join the dots up. Because the other story, and this has been all over the news here today, is that the Premier League, who, who basically are the equivalent in the NFL for, for American football, they, they run football, uh, soccer in this country, um, have said that they are going to go after people who post fine clips online of goals because that is their copyright and that copyright is being breached because they make a lot of money selling that to media companies now most of these people are people who sit at home with a dvr and when there's a goal they rewind it 10 seconds um point their phone camera at the screen and, and vine the screen and then post it online so other people can see the goal so there is kind of a there's a media component to it there as well but going back to what you just said about uh, the ipads in the ground well 
yeah, they're not banning the phones. And the other reason they're not banning the phones is because they don't think they could get away with it. No, people would clearly. Rebel. Oh, I can't bring yeah, myself clearly, onto the game? Yeah. Well, I'm not coming to the game. Yeah. But clearly this is what it's all about, actually. Sure. It's about they, to stop people having camera devices. They want more control over their content, which I get. But you can't do that to the point where you start really ticking people off. Because, well, you, number one, they well, can't yeah. stop the technology. Well, yeah, the can the Camera and devices genie has been out of the bottle for about ten years. I right. mean, you can't put it back in now, and and it's it just reminds me of, you know, the old days of the MP of MP3s and that's the when the RIA uh, when the music industry came along and said, you know, well, we're going to try and um, ban this thing out of existence and that'll source it out and look how well that works. Yeah, you know, nobody I, downloads I'm sure- music anymore for, uh, illegally or movies or. Yeah, it never works. It never works going after the technology and the companies that are creating something new just because uh, the users are using it for nefarious purposes. It's just, it's not going to, you got to change your business model to stay up with the times. That's really what it's about. And And if soccer wasn't so freaking boring where it's a four hour game and the score is one and nothing, people wouldn't be posting a vine so you can, though you can watch the whole game in a seven second vine and it's exactly the same. Oh, sorry. Clearly the the appeal of of any fan of soccer is watching the goals. And so people do like to see the goals. I mean, that's where they, they, the, it is, you know, even the, even the most passionate soccer player wouldn't argue with the fact that goals is the most exciting part of the sure. match. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I can understand it's copyright and I can understand that it's mon- the goals are monetized and all of that sort of thing. But you have to accept the reality of a situation, which is you can't you can't stop people from doing a thing they've all been doing just because you decide it's against your business interests. Yeah, it's just going to backfire on them. It happens over and over and over. I mean, it's not going to make any difference. No, it's, I mean, it, you know, it's not going to make any difference. And yeah, if people are videoing his, his news for the premier league, the phones and cameras much better than the phones in the iPads. Yeah, the, the, sorry, the camera. I say that right. The yeah. cameras in the phones is much better than the cameras in the iPads. Yep. So you're actually dealing with the wrong part of the problem. Speaking and of which, and with that, we should probably wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, That'd be my wife going where I am. Where, where I, I are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for spending a little bit of extra time here, David. I know you got to run. Uh, recording this episode of Tech Fan, are you, you're not here next week, or you are here next week. I forget. No, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be on the ship next week, so gotcha. it's going to be difficult to record. I had, we can't uh, go, so right. we can do it then. Uh, I have an uh, invite out there to Owen Rubin. He says he can do it, so hopefully I'll be back next week with Owen Rubin. If not, I'll just record a show by myself or somebody else. But uh, I'll miss you next week, David. Have a great vacation, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks very much. See you soon.